gentleman at all. I no be gentleman at all.
welcome. Welcome to Inclusionism. It's Sunday. Welcome to my church. <laughs> After church. It's 5.30 p.m. I'm your host, James Felton Keith. Welcome to Inclusionism. You were just listening to Fela Kuti sing about not being a gentleman. And um, I think that song was uh, properly played for the blackest man in New York. The, the only guy who makes me feel light-skinned, I'll say, <laughs> in New York. Because, uh, I mean, well, there are a few people outside of New York who, uh, I don't know, who make me feel pretty yellow every now and again. And, uh, and that's Hawk Newsom. Before I get into the introducing Hawk... Um, I want to also acknowledge that here in the studio today we got Phil Ellison. We got some some Harlemites uh, in the area, and um, so so let's get into it. For anyone who's not familiar, uh, Hawk is from the Bronx BX. originally. Right, right, right. He's um, am I getting this term right? The chairman now. Yeah. Of Black Lives Matter of Greater New York, and uh, I've known Hawk for a couple of years. He's an activist activist, uh, in my opinion, and one of the people who who does it right, does it fearlessly. And uh, but aside from that, um, you know, I think Black Lives Matter is is scaling at this moment. I want to gradually get into your your bio as we talk about um, what what you're doing in the very near term. But first, something interesting has happened right here in front of my face. What's What's this book you got going on? Oh, it's White Fragility yeah. by Robin D'Angelo. And um, a friend recommended it when I was over in Ireland. And, uh, it's All right, a, you it's were a, just in Ireland. Yeah. I saw it on Instagram. For, so for how long? I was there for a week, and then I did the Netherlands for another week. But uh, <laughs> International Hawk. Hey, hey, they actually gave me an award. A word? In, in Ireland or in, in Amsterdam? Amsterdam. Amsterdam. For Ireland, what? I was just chilling, meditating on cliffs. I went vegan. I saw for, Well, I saw some of the pics, but I didn't. Yeah. I couldn't really take it in because I wasn't, you know, I was just sort of living my best life. That's it. You. you know, you, you're busy. Right, right. But, right. Um, but, but, but yeah, <laughs> so then I went to um, Amsterdam, and I was given the... Uh, Mama Baranka Award, which is a voice for strength, and that's by the uh, Baranka mm-hmm. Society. There's a artist, a sculptor by the name of Nelson Carrillo, and this is a bad brother. Uh, whenever these governments in these different countries gives, give him these um, commissions, mm-hmm. he does something to slap that delusion of white supremacy in the face. Mm-hmm. So a skinhead killed a brother named Kerwin Dejmeiger, and in Amsterdam in 1983, and they were like, okay, the city's at a place of unrest. We need you to create a statue. So he created a statue of a black woman being the mother of the earth. Mm. <laughs> you know, it was. How it did was, they respond to that? It was controversial, but the statue stayed. You right. Know? And she has like these holes in her, which are the holes in, in, in humanity. It's, it's, it's like really powerful. So Mama Baranka is actually a, 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 a saying from. Uh, Curacao, which is where he's from mm. in Africa, and it means like the the black woman is the rock, mm. right? So so when you strike a black woman, you strike a rock. Like you can't win, <laughs> you know. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Wait, and this is in what city? This was in Amsterdam. It's That's in, where they placed the statue. Yes, it's um a, a park that starts with a V. It's really it's a tourist attraction. You mm. know what I mean? It's right there next to all the museums. You know, I, I went to the Banksy. Uh, museum, uh, yeah, which was that. awesome. I yeah. never knew he was such an activist. He was only an activist. Yeah. I mean, art was his uh, his output, but <clears throat> I would say, I mean, he's just a, a standard activist, and luckily he's he's had some longevity. He's lived long enough where we've seen how activist he's been. Oh, Absolutely. but you didn't know that, no? No, I didn't. No. I just thought, you know, he put up, so he made some dope statements. I didn't see him as an activist per se. Like, you walk into this I museum did. and you see signs that say, anti-capitalism and let me bring this back home right and uh to talk about you know the bronx borough president ruben diaz jr and our great uh that's that's i'm I'm being facetious no bill de blasio i hear it across when banksy came here a few years back he, Mm. he was doing you know like this art across around the city he put a leopard 
on the face of a store across the street from Yankee Stadium, mm. right? Within days, they painted over it. But I, I've seen graffiti in that same spot that's there for years. Mm. So what does that say? You know, like anywhere else you go, they embrace it, they celebrate it. About it's how powerful his activism is. Yeah, but sure. at, at the same time, it's like, you know, we're not good enough to have this, this great work of art in our communities. Like, instead of, you know, putting a fiberglass frame around it, they actually destroyed it, you know? And that, that's how they feel about us. Like, we're not worthy. And this is what the government shows us daily. Mm, is it right? worthy? Is it, is it control? Is it... I think it's all. Or both? Or both I all? think it's both, right? I can dig that. Right on. I've, yeah, I'm, I'm following that. You know, I was actually... It's crazy. I had all these <clears throat> playlists and, and songs planned, but you know what? I think we're probably going to talk the majority of this time, except for the, the second that we obligated to play the station ID at the hour. So no, let's just keep going. Let's go. Um, well, let's bring it back to New York, even though my hope is, yeah, I think we need to continue this conversation a thousand times over. Right on. Yeah. You, you know, whenever you in Harlem, just, yeah, on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. We probably need to have this conversation. No, over I over drop again. in. I drop yeah. in. Right but uh, no, so let's start. Uh, let's start with Eric Gardner. Like, what's what's the latest and greatest? Like, we got some some so updates from you on yeah. May thirteenth. Yeah. The officer Daniel Pantaleo, the murderer Daniel Pantaleo, yeah. the cop who still has a job after choking someone to death, Daniel Pantaleo, is going on trial. It's an interdepartmental trial. I just need the people, your listeners, who I I imagine if they're listening to you, they're a sophisticated group of folks, right? We like to tumble down a rabbit hole, but I mean, there are a lot of other, there are about 40,000 folks, so I... uh, I would say we get a mixed bag. <laughs> Sometimes we get some calls that are pretty wild. Yeah. That I deliberately avoid. Uh-huh. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So, so, uh, like the step, so step one, yeah. Eric Gardner gets killed. <laughs> step two, there are rallies all over the country. Mm-hmm. Step three, December 3rd, 2000, and I want to say 14, mm-hmm. uh, the office, the Staten Island prosecutor fails to indict the cop. That killed Eric Garner. So the grand jury said mm-hmm. there's not enough here to move forward with the crime. And you have to think of this as a political move because in Staten Island, they are very conservative and very pro-cop. So mm-hmm. this this prosecutor lets this cop get away with murder. And then he turns around and runs for office. And wins. It's it's. Uh, I don't know if it was Congress or what it was, but he won a bigger seat, uh, uh, you know, and uh, he sacrificed the blood of Eric Garner. So the case was in limbo yep. for a number of years. We were talking about it. We we're rallying on it. I'm getting arrested for it. His mother is all over the city. His daughter is marching almost weekly. Yes, she was. And unfortunately, she died from a heart attack. Young woman, mm-hmm. like, what, barely three decades on this planet? Sure. And she died of a heart attack. I'd like to believe that she died of a broken heart, and I'm sure many share in that opinion. Mm. So here we have the government, uh, the Department of Justice has this investigation under Barack Obama. Mm. Okay, Mm -hmm. and Barack Obama's government did nothing to bring justice to Eric Garner's family. So um, it was with, it was in, what do you call that, the 11th hour, Mm. right? It was about two weeks before the election between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, that Barack Obama said, hey, New York's, uh, New York's office isn't doing what they're doing. We're bringing this case to Washington. It was a publicity stunt. I love Barack Obama, but I'm, I'm calling BS when I see BS. Sure. And um, it was a ploy to get more votes for Hillary Clinton to kind of revive the issues. So Mayor de Blasio, who ran on a campaign of police accountability, who actually put his black son in a commercial and said, yeah, really yeah, yeah, and said, to, yeah. he got me with that. He did. He got, he got he a lot got, of us with he, that. He won the election with that commercial, yeah. right? He turned uh, black people on the black candidate, which was Bill Thompson. I started advising mayors around the country because of that commercial because I wanted to work with him. I was like, they are so odd. Like, what a motley crew of a family. Right on. I want to be done. I, I specifically remember saying, someone figure out how to get me a meeting mm-hmm. with that guy. I mean, you know, I stayed in my lane. I want to do something in tech. But all the calls I got back were from Indiana and Michigan and, and Wisconsin. Absolutely. But it was because I said, I want to deal with this de Blasio guy. Mm-hmm. And, then, and now, anyway, go ahead. Finish this. So, story. yeah, I mean, realistically, 
Um, that's what marketing will do. Up, huh? Yeah, that's what marketing it, will do. It, absolutely. It absolutely. got me. I was it in did. the living room. Like, it, it, what can it, we do? It worked. It was brilliant. <laughs> I wonder what his strategies was, but, you know, we fell for the okie doke. We won't do it again. And, um, well, not if we're out here raising our voices, folks <laughs> like us, right? <laughs> so um, That's work, yeah. De Blasio, for a long time, was saying, we're going to wait for the Department of Justice to do something to move on this case before we start any departmental proceedings. But at the same time, he's saying that there's not a just bone in Donald Trump's body. Right. That Donald Trump is a racist. You know what I mean? He promotes uh, 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 the separation of families, all this, you know, anti-immigrant, anti, you know, uh, this, this xenophobia. This is what Donald Trump permits. Uh, 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 this is what he presents. But we're going to wait for him to do something about Eric Garner, which was BS. Mm. So myself and other activists started calling him out on it. And he waits uh, I, I, maybe two days mm. before the anniversary of Eric Garner's death for the non-indictment to say, hey, we're going to move forward in New York. It's all political plays. You ever saw the movie They Live? No, no. Uh, it was a weird sci-fi movie. Uh, it was like an action. It wasn't a great movie, but they put on these glasses and they could see things for what they are, right? <laughs> so if you had these glasses on, you'd see that this mayor was just toying with the emotions of black people, and that's just what I want people to see. Mm. So give us some... So wait, is there something coming up? Is there there's an yes, event coming? Give absolutely. Us, give us um, the on May 13th, May 13th, the officer is going to trial. That's it's next a, week. That's next week. Where Monday. is the trial? Is it it's in Manhattan? one police plaza right okay. next to the Brooklyn Bridge. You take any train down the city right. hall, Brooklyn Bridge, and you'll be there. I will be there at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, I encourage everybody who saw that video that was appalled by the death of Eric Garner that are, that that shocked to hear that this officer is making close to one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year mm. after killing this black man for selling what loose cigarettes for selling tobacco. Selling loses, yeah. You know, um, if you're shocked that this man is still on uh, on the job, then you need to show up because. New York is going to try to sweep this under the the carpet. Why do you think we're here now, all Especially these years post later? Erica. Exactly. Yeah, it's like it's uh, <clears throat> it's dying down a bit. So, so right. So it's the thirteenth, mm-hmm. nine o'clock, um, at the course downtown by B- Brooklyn Bridge. It's, right, a, it's actually right at right one police Hall. plaza. One police plaza. Yeah. Uh, and see, I got some stuff on. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, it reminds it's me. I got to put out a flyer because yeah, um, there, there's a lot of people with things circulating, but I haven't seen one thing. On yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So that's first. I feel like we could talk about that. <clears throat> and even Erica, and it's fu- funny enough, I was approached by some women in my building who go to FCBC who were talking about that. FC, oh, First Corinthians. Yeah, First okay. Corinthians. They were talking, uh, this was just last week, but they were talking about that funeral. And uh-huh. uh, <laughs> the ruckus. <laughs> the ruckus. What yeah, happened out the there? Ruckus. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is like I think I feel like other people listen in to what we're doing here, and you know, we podcast it after. But this is there's a lot of local conversation mm-hmm. uh, happening here. Uh, so we, we we talking about that local conversation? I mean, we can go there, but I was just I wanted to so. <laughs> Because I knew that we were going to run on, like, uh-huh. it's, it's 5.50 now, and I'm thinking, I want to know first what rejuvenation is. Ah, rejuvenation. It's rejuve hyphen a hyphen nation. We are breathing life back into black people. You might get mad at me for saying this, but right mm-hmm. now, black people are deflated. You look at actions going on in the city, marches mm-hmm. or, or tenants associations or just different activities happen to, happening to empower black people. And mm. we are not there. Sure, sure. Right. Because we do not see how we benefit from it. People are tired. Mm-hmm. People have been sold these delusions of hope, of justice. And, and they're just they're just so frustrated. So what I want to do is I want to give back into the communities mm-hmm. and uh, feed people healthy food, mm-hmm. teach people about financial literacy. Talk about uh, environmental 
injustice, but not in the sense that most people think. I'm talking about a building in the Bronx, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, that has rats coming out of the walls, Mm -hmm. right? I'm Mm -hmm. talking about two blocks from there is the worst building in the city. Like, this this is our environment. This is what we need to clean up. We need to talk about where there's urine and feces in projects, hallways, Mm -hmm. and graffiti everywhere. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in and clean it up myself and help people to clean up their environment. But at the same time, there's it's, it's rejuvenation will be themed like a Shabbat dinner, which is something like that it. Jewish folks do, yeah. where they come around, they have food, it's every spiritual, Friday. every yeah. Friday, and they build a community off of it. They talk politics. Like, we need to build up our people. I'm tired of looking outside. I'm tired of marching all the time and, yeah. and begging the government to do the right thing. If we build power within our people, then we don't have to ask anyone for anything. We just take what we want. Yeah, we make it cultural. We make it a thing that we talk about. Yeah, at yeah. the dinner table. I mean, it makes me think about, yeah, my own parents growing up. I used to think, you know, we were the most underprivileged folks growing up in the <clears throat> the hoodiest of the hoodiest. But, and it really, you know, when I asked them about it, it wasn't like they had a, a game plan. It was just everyone got off of work and school at the same time. Mm-hmm. We ate dinner at the same time. Absolutely. But we usually ended up talking about stuff at the same time. I mean, I was mostly trying to, like, Half eat food, spit out a napkin, hide under the table till we got done. So I didn't have to like eat peas. And Somebody stuff. was a bad cook. Oh, I was, no, like no, I mean, they could cook. I was just, I don't know. I think you know, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, my <laughs> mind. I don't eat a lot. I need to eat more. Somebody hit me up the other day, like, yeah, you, you skinny, you fit, and I was like, nah, bro, I just. I need to eat three square a day. But uh, but actually, anyway, yeah. I'm actually yeah. fasting for Ramadan. Oh, you are? I'm a Christian, but I'm going on a spiritual cleanse and a fast for Ramadan. One of my Muslim brothers, Kadir Latif, he, yeah. he's a rapper. He asked me to um do it with him a few years ago, but I'm going to do it this year. That's a long fast. Oh, it's heavy. I know. Heavy. I got a, I used to, yeah. Well, I still have a lot of friends in, yeah, in the Middle East and advise a few cybersecurity firms over there. And well, I recognize it usually the most because I know we get nothing done mm-hmm. until the fall. <laughs> because it's not over. It's not just the regular, you know, those 90 or so days from Ramadan. But it's that month before and the month after. It's so hot. They're mm-hmm. not doing it. They're not doing it. It's just not moving. So it's right. like they fasting. They sweating. Ain't nothing happening. Um, but uh, I'm with you. We used to have to as kids because uh, my my paternal grandparents were, were Muslims. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, my mother's right. parents were Muslims. My father's parents were Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, and then we, all, we grew up I, that's in a, a Baptist combination, church. bro. <laughs> yeah, we grew up in a Baptist church. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, were they, um, were they nation of Islam Muslims? Or? Yeah, yeah, they were Chicago people. So my mother's family came up from Louisiana to Illinois. Okay. My grandmother, when she was like, I'm done with my grandfather, uh, she, you know, went nation of Islam. But she mm-hmm. moved to Detroit. Because it was really a trade-off. And we had the same thing in the 80s when my mother was trying to make a decision. Because we almost went, uh, when my parents split, back to Chicago for a second. But the decision she had to make was, do I want to deal with the drugs in Detroit and that culture? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to deal with the gangs in Chicago and that wow. culture? And what she decided, and the same thing my grandmother decided for my mother's older brothers, who are now in their late 60s, mm-hmm. was I would rather them grow up in this individualistic brawly culture than something that's wholly indoctrinating like gang culture. Absolutely. And I do think I'm, you know, grateful for it. I think it was the better trade-off because, you know, if you're still going to get into something, you sort of get into it alone. But it's mm-hmm. real difficult to get out of them gangs once you get in them. I mean, you know, the real ones. Not, Absolutely. Uh, no. Not these movie gangs, <laughs> you know. So, so, <laughs> that's actually funny. Yeah, I mean, so I, I feel you on the, on the Ramadan playing the fast. And I do remember, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I do remember... Um, What's what's my man's name from Ohio that you were hanging out with a couple months ago at Riverside Church from the clinic who had a lot to say about uh, food justice, food uh, equity? Dr. Mark Hyman. Damn. Dr. Mark And Hyman. he runs the, the Ohio, the Cleveland Clinic. No, well, I'm not sure about oh, that, but the, I know he's like, he's, a, he's like the Deepak Chopra of food. Yeah, right? tall white dude, him. Jewish yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's he was like the Clinton's doctor. He's Tom Brady's like nutritionist. He um, I read one of his previous books. So yeah, I, I was familiar. I didn't pick up the face when I met him mm-hmm. when you were giving that talk at Riverside. But after I connected the dots, I was like, oh, it's a really good. It, it's definitely something we need to talk about. Yeah. in general, I think. Uh, but per the method, I mean, yeah. Realistically, the reason why food injustice is so important to our people, sure, is because. 
our folks live in food deserts. Like they live in the south. They live fifteen minutes, a fifteen minute drive, half hour drive away from fresh produce. They don't have access to clean foods. You look at our communities, there's the Kennedy fried chicken, there's the McDonald's, there's yeah. all these, these 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 restaurants that are literally poisoning us. Sure. Like uh McDonald's and, and, and these folks put chemicals in their food to get us addicted. They get us obese, our, 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 our folks are suffering with diabetes, heart disease. The number one and the number three killers of black people are food related. So if you're talking about geno- genocide, like they're killing us off and we don't recognize it because nobody's talking about it. Why isn't anybody talking about it? Well, I challenge you to um, I challenge you to look and see who's giving money to the NAACP, mm. the Hispanic Federation, mm. you know, these activists and, and folks like that. And if you see names like Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola or Burger King, McDonald's, then you'll know mm. why they're not talking about it because that's a seven figure check. Right. No, no, yeah. So hey, so I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds me, yeah. even though it's killing millions of people. We'll call out everything. We'll call out the big, bad boogeyman, the man. We'll call everybody out, but we won't call out these food companies. I wish I could play that Nas and Busta Rhymes song around uh, chicken and pork. I can't. It's too many. I don't have a radio edit version. Okay. But All right. you know the track <laughs> that I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I'm with um, you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yes, <laughs> there's a whole lot of things I would love to play. Uh, that yeah, Anyway, I just I absolutely cannot. But um, no, that that said, I think as a at my core, as mm-hmm. a process person, as a process engineer, you know, I just left. I was in Brooklyn all morning editing a campaign video uh, for our congressional run and for your run here. In Harlem. Yeah. In Harlem, yeah. yeah. And about so, to light Harlem on fire. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we talk about it every day. We, OK. Yeah, we, right on. I'm like, I can't believe I gave me a radio station. To That's, talk it. About. That's it. See, you got <laughs> you got Harlem. My sister running for Congress in the Bronx. Let's Her name do it. is Shavonna so Newsom. So it's, it's going down. It's going down. It's going down. Checks are coming in. It's going down. That's that's when you know it's going down. And Checks 15, are coming in. It's going down. Right on. So. Yeah. But no, we, we were walking to get breakfast, and um, we were talking about the food desert that we were in. We were in New Lots. Uh-huh. And, I mean, we walked like eight blocks to get to, you know, a pretty piss-poor uh, grocery store. But it made me think about, again, growing up in Detroit, there's no grocery store change inside the city limits. And I yeah. think it's necessary to say that Detroit's the same size as Queens or mm-hmm. Brooklyn. It's a really big piece of land, but few people live there now. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people used to live there. And they just got their first grocery store chain, which is a Whole Foods downtown, yeah. maybe <clears throat> 2013, 14. And crazy enough, people ask me all the time, like, why aren't you there? Why are you here? It's like, well, I, le- I left Detroit in 1999. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, as much love as I have for the people there, I'm, you know, I this feel like a refugee of the place. You honestly, have to run away. I don't know people who are there. The great people, they're like, oh, I left in 86, 96, mm-hmm. 06. I'm in Paris. I'm in L.A. I'm in New York. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. But um, so that said, I want to talk about the lack of resources in politics and black communities. But we got to take a short break Uh and come right back, which we will do. But, yeah, I want to pivot right in that because you touched on a little politics right when you sat down. Local Bronx politics. Uh And um, and that's fun. You need me to take a hit at somebody? No, 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 no. That's you. This, 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 <laughs> that's your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. we gonna get into it. Like, right. yeah, we'll get, we'll get right into all of that. Broken glass in the hallway, bloodstained floors, neighbors look at every bag you bring through your doors. Lock the top lock. Mama should have cuffed me to the radiator. Why not? It might have saved me later. Hope crawling off the stroke, coughing stitches in their head, thinking, and I dread thinking they be snitching. But who else could it be? Sugar D's, I'm Mark Vans, parked in the dark. Knocks, where's your heart? Hustle a star. They bust a UE, I jog to my building. Come out later wearing camouflage. See the sergeant and the captain. Strangle men, it's gasping for air till they move no more and just stare with dead eyes. Tired of riots, it's quiet. Simple minded fools infiltrate grimy crews. Overcrowded cribs, uncles home from bed, sisters pregnant, fathers on drugs, moms are smoking, beds is piss infested. Had eight partners growing up, eight turn to seven, seven turn to six. Got two in heaven, six of us holding it. Now it's Five rolling thick, the six ones parole flip. Five niggas went to four quick when he went OT. College life converted into 
Ford still hanging, years passing, slang changing. Three of us now, four ain't around. We all thought he was real. He did the snake, fake beat his down. Yo, his mouth could have got us all wasted. What a clown. All I got left in the end is two of my best friends, and we all going out to the death of these ends. Whoa. It's in your daily news New York Chronicles Every day The crime rate The murder rate The money rate The paper chase You know what I mean? New York State of Mind, baby Check it out I'm at the gambling spot My hands on the knot New York Yankee cap Cover my eyes Stand in one spot I take a dose Send him home to a shoebox You lost that I put your dollar in the jukebox Hear my favorite song All these can sing along All the cigarette smokes clog in my lungs Hood rats flashing their tongue Young thugs blasting their gun We got reputations And niggas both on parole or probation Sick got gats Army fatigues I got my eyes glued on Whoever walking or leave Cause I ain't playing Cause I run up in here and shoot up this Stick your ass up Cause I find the loot in your kicks Bunch of triple cross Just New York Lift you off your feet when they was just talking with you Some of these dudes the feds be on them You know them for years Be the type when you walk in the pub they offer you beers That ain't gangster This is up north for tatted tears Your name's on the affidavit You ratty kid that is that be scared to do their bids you we run you out of NY you can't live got your quiet that relocated down south coming back to floors then you got the jealous loud mouths all of a sudden we got crips and bloods DT's running around quick to split your mug it's easy to score but it's hard to get your off it's fighting over hundred cells jump in the car drive off with a fiend come around the block happy as hell Maggots, they ain't get a piece of that sale. Cutthroat cannabis, universal ghetto survivors. Go to any hood that's live and make it lava. A lot of niggas scheming, some real, some niggas fronting. But I'm a big dreamer, so watch me come up New with York. something. New York. New York, New York. We're gonna come back on here. All right, folks, we back with Hawk Newsome. Um, I think where we left off was. Politics in black communities in general, um, that can go a lot of different ways. Um, we can keep this on. Yeah, I mean, that could, be, that could be food politics. It could be economics. It could be geospatial politics. It could be specific to housing. It could be specific to health care. It could be specific to education. It could be specific to climate action. It could be specific to a myriad of other things, women's rights, immigrants' rights, native rights, you name it. Um, I do like what you were saying earlier, though, Hawk, about talking at the table. Mm -hmm. um, and if a table doesn't exist, uh, I think it's necessary, again, as a process person, to build the infrastructure, build a table and say, you can come to this table. We'll build a culture at this table. Uh, and so as we do that, as we build a culture at that table, we'll uh, try to change the culture of participation. Okay. Um, so y'all wow. doing that at, at rejuvenation. Rejuvenation. But as you build that culture, you're going to what? Like just specific to local politics. If we go into local politics, if we go into Southern right. Bronx politics, Southern Bronx, uh, or, or New York more broadly. Well, okay. What comes I mean, to mind first? What like, comes to mind first is the white people I see in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Right. The white folks who I see walking down the street. And they're, like, waving hi to me. I haven't seen white people in my community since the white flight of the 1980s. I've been in the Bronx since 1977, since I was born. I was born in the Bronx. And now I see these white folks coming back in. And now you have to understand this dynamic. Mm -hmm. These gentrifiers are cool with black folks, right? They know that black people aren't. Uh, as bad as most people would make them out to be. So they say, hey, you know, it's a cheaper rent. I'll go in, move into this neighborhood, and it's not that bad. I'll be there. Even though they do not mean us harm mm -hmm. necessarily, what they are doing is waving a flag saying this is a prime location for colonization. They are waving, holding up a banner saying, hello, white young professionals. This is a neighborhood that we could come and move into and dictate the politics, dictate the resources and pretty much take over. But what I'm saying is, what about the people who you are displacing? You want 
to know why we can't get universal rent control? Hmm. That's because white folks are moving in our communities and greedy, greedy, low life landlords hmm. are looking at this situation and saying, oh, wow, wait, wait, we, we, we could triple our rent if we just push some of these people out of here and get more of these other folks, the more desirable folks in. Hmm. And that's problematic to me. But this is the game, right? This is the game that people don't see. What I need you to understand is real estate companies, real estate uh, uh, firms, they know this. Developers, they know this. So what they do is they contribute $230,000 to a political campaign. Mm. They contribute 500000 Who knows? Maybe even a million dollars to get your favorite politician elected. Mm. Now, I take you to the Bronx, and on 161st Street in the Grand Concourse, there's a park called Joyce Kilmer Park. Mm. We've always cooked out in there, hung out. You know, when we were young, we used to drink and cool out in there. Mm. But now the parks police are coming around, kicking people out of the park. No more barbecues on the 4th of July. No more loud music. And people are coming to me saying, Hawk, what's going on? That makes Why? me think about the drums in Harlem. But yeah, go exactly. ahead. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Garvey right? So, so, so now they're asking why they can't do this anymore. So I'm sitting, I'm a cigar smoker like you, mm-hmm. right? And um, oh, you're going to get moved my insurance. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I tell them you, I don't you smoke. You quit, right? I'm you getting, quit. Right? <laughs> it was a long time but, ago. Um, yeah. Years ago. No, go ahead. But for real, these, <laughs> these park rangers come and roll up on me, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm looking like, oh, yeah, you're about to get it now because I need to know why. I need to know why I can't smoke this cigar here. And mm. I've been doing this for 15 years. Why my people can't Seriously? barbecue here? I mean, they rolling up on you smoking yeah, they, in the park. They ride, they ride through and, and like the police. Mm. Police ride through my, our parks, you know, and regulate people, write tickets to the Guyanese man, to the Puerto Rican man, to the Dominican man, to the black man, to the Jamaican man. Write them tickets for drinking beers while they play friendly games of dominoes, but white folks are sitting in the middle of the park having a picnic with wine, and they don't get tickets. So I asked these, these, these park rangers, why is this happening? But mm. Is it our new neighbors complaining about us? Because I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to blame the gentrifiers. And he looked at me and was like, he looked at his partner, and he was like, nah, bro, it's your politicians. It's your local assemblywoman. It's mm. your local city councilwoman who are putting the pressure on us to drive y'all out of the park. So that $200,000 they got for that assembly campaign, mm. that, that 300000 they got for that city council campaign, mm. those folks are calling them saying, hey, we don't need these niggers outside. Oh, I can't say that on your show. I mean, yeah, I, you can, can I can't control what you We yeah. can't say, we I can't, can't, we can't have yeah. the locals yeah. out here when we bring these potential tenants in. Right. They're bringing down the property value. So now they're kicking us out of our neighborhoods. And that's 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 really, really, really problematic. And then, you know, so the new is, folks drinking wine and picnicking. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Walking okay. their little, little dogs, you know, they walking their little dogs running around, you know, and I had my Rottweiler off the leash. They wanted to write me tickets, you know. But they come with they little hybrids. I got a hybrid, right? I got a Yorkie pen, right? From Andrew Kearse's oh, widow. You did? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. She okay. gave me a dog. Andrew, gave you a dog. Andrew Kearse, uh, he died. He was a victim of police violence. Uh cop left him in the back of a police car. That's he a back for his life seventy yeah. times in, in seventeen minutes. I always gotta put that in uh, Angie uh, getting I just saw Angie in the uh and you all in the background in the uh in the Netflix. In the Which Netflix one? movie. This new one with Ocasio. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't see it? Yeah, yeah. I saw, I, saw, I saw we got a little clip. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to see Ocasio promoting Andrew, the Andrew Kears Act. Yeah. And, and, and raising the name of Andrew Kears. She needs to. She needs to jump on the Andrew Kears Act because it needs to be, it, it does. It needs to flesh out federally, really state by state because it's a problem everywhere. That's it. Uh, totally. I was just talking to a bunch of people in Missouri about that at, uh, at Al Sharpton's conference. Oh, you went to Al Sharpton's conference? Well, we got it. We go everywhere. We go, you know, we. We go everywhere. <laughs> Good old Reverend Al. I brush so, my hair and take this hat off and we go everywhere. And that's it. But listen, man, <laughs> let, let me just tell you, like, yeah. uh, that old generation is done, and, and I'm happy that he's retiring. Speak your because, peace. Because, yeah. because right now, it's it's a new type of politics happening. Mm. These millennials and the younger kids, my youth coalition is about 200 members strong, mm. right? You got sisters taking charge, and nobody's waiting for anything anymore. Yeah. Everybody 
everybody's like, oh, you just wait for this, wait for that. No, that was your thing. You hold, you hold hands and sing Kumbaya. That is not our thing. Mm. We march, we make demands, we mobilize. So it's just a change into the guards. And like I said, I'm, I'm happy he's going out to pasture. Yeah, I was just having a conversation earlier about how <clears throat> what's really, I guess, inspiring to me is really, I think, like the, the younger millennials, especially. I consider myself a millennial, but probably maybe the oldest millennial but uh i was just at a sunrise movement you know green new deal mm-hmm. town hall we had yesterday at columbia there's about 200 young people in there you know a couple older folks trickled in here and there but they're just taking it like they saw the movement happen immediately propped up a chapter That's they true. got in the streets they came here to the radio two weeks ago and really hit me about it like are you on board i'm like i was on board before i knew you all had a chapter over there anyway we came together, but all they're thinking about is like, what can they do? What can they lead? What can they build? It's very entrepreneurial. But I think it's also, to something you mentioned earlier, I think it's also very, very desperate and in a good way. Like, I think we are living in this time of extreme desperation. We see suicide is up 25% yes. in the past 10 years. Yes. People a day younger than me, and I was born in 81, are apparently having relationships at 30% less a rate than people the generation before them. And they, in general, right, are lonely and depressed, and they are real signs of that. And so I think what everyone is fighting for right now, you know, like Ocasio and 14, or really so many other people, I mean, she's a, uh, a very notable voice, but there's so many voices screaming out saying, I just don't want to die here in this place like mm-hmm. this without anybody seeing me, hearing me. It's a very human thing. It's a very tribal Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. And I don't think this, obviously, this type of activism hasn't existed since the 60s. But I think it's, it's mushroomed into something much more than what we've seen in the 60s. Because now the activism is about the institutionalization of activism. Mm-hmm. Orgs are being built. Yes. Even from, I think, Occupy was the end of the old activism. And a few books were published about the end of activism in that regard. And everyone that I saw come out of that, regardless of whatever their pet project was, mm-hmm. it was about, I'm building an institution to change this particular ailment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even seeing Black Lives Matter come out, of it, I remember seeing some of the earlier marches and thinking, our big org's going to come out of this. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, even, you know, you've done that with your org for, I will say for better or worse, because there's some people out there who hate it, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been in places before. I've literally been... Who hate me or Yeah, I mean, or, you, or well, I mean they, they hate you and in, in the institution as a, as, a, as a proctor, which I think mm. is a problem for... I, I just... Um, yeah. I, I think everyone has a lane. I, sure. I believe that everyone has a lane. And, and I don't... You know, I'm, I'm not knocking your lane unless it's counterproductive. Sure. Even, even, you know, like the old timers and people like sure, that. Sure, it's sure. like, yo, you did what you did. I'm, I'm very happy for your contribution. Yeah. And other people move in different ways. A lot of people are buddy-buddy with politicians. I can name the politicians who we stand with on one hand, yeah. right? Because I believe that these people are selling out our communities. You do, like we saw with Al-Bashir in Sudan, mm-hmm. you don't have to be, uh, uh, you don't have to present uh, aesthetically as the enemy, sure, right? Sure. Or, 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 or to, to, to be our enemy. There are black folks doing the work of white supremacy as well. Mm-hmm. Are all white people evil? No way. I don't pray, paint anyone with that brush. Right. But that don't make all black people good. Right. There are black people out here getting nice checks to sell us out. And that it's our job. It's, 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 it's our job as Black Lives Matter New York to see the truth, to speak the truth. Now, if you look at Black Lives Matter New York, we're opening a school, mm-hmm. right, soon, like in the next few months. We have a president who's Nepal Kiazolo. She's, um, you know, Team Vogue named her as the activist that the world needs. Angie, who came to us as a victim who yeah. was broken, is now an activist. She's organizing an activist pro, block pro, party. Pro, pro, pro activ- yeah, she yeah, is. She, yeah, so, you know yeah. what I mean? So so Aries, Aries, Aries yeah. has a, a television show that he's producing. He learned how to produce, you know, he put himself through school and learned how to produce TV shows. So what, what Hawk Newsom does is Hawk Newsom finds people in activism and gives them whatever he has to help them 
pursue their 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 um goal of changing the world. So I help I create leaders create leaders, right? And I'm saying this in the most humble way possible. Yeah. Only boasting I do is in God. So what I do is I put people on the platform, give them everything I know, and be like, do your thing. And this is what people are doing. Like for for Christ's sakes, my sister founded was a founding member of Black Lives Matter of Greater New York. Now she's running for Congress. She'll be the first woman, the first black person to hold a chair, as well as the first woman to hold that chair. Like leaders create leaders. My my young folks are out here doing magnificent things. And and you know what, people I'm not a perfect person, so people could take shots at me, but the bottom line is they can't judge the work. They can't judge the work product because we always out there mm. and we're saying things that people are too scared to say. We're saying things like, oh, this person was a federal informant. How can revolutionaries hang out with this person who was a federal informant? Mm. No one will say that. Why? Because it's bad politics. But we'll say it. No, I do think there's <clears throat> there's a there's an interest in air right now around political correctness and who's willing to say what. Absolutely. And uh <laughs> I think really uh, half of the opportunity, and I think it's it's clashing with it's a it's a byproduct, not clashing with. Excuse me, I think it's a byproduct of this generation. Is that sort of PC is going away? I really think Trump is a product of watching how you know. I think we all should be watching how young people shake and move. Mm-hmm. I mean, they compelled me to <clears throat> be out about everything, comment about everything, because I was like, is this the only thing that they're gonna respond to? I mean, when you look at the rise up Cardi B, Kim Kardashian, and Donald Trump, you know, the most the motley crew of uh, prolific communicators, if that's what we want to call them, and at least that's what I want to call them. And they all get to those places by saying what people are actually thinking. And while I do think that there is a place for thoughtful commentary about hyper complex issues, I also think it is necessary to speak truth to get people's attention first, to say, you can trust me first to tell you what's real. But if you got two hours for me to discuss a complex topic that you want a five-minute answer to, then I need you to sit down for two hours so I can break it down to you. I'm not going to speak to everybody. We can go have a town hall conference Mm -hmm. about it. But we need to do that. But I think the biggest problem is folks who aren't speaking the truth they have not garnered any trust in their communities and as a result don't have any followership. Um, And so that makes me think about a lot of institutions here in our neighborhood here in Harlem. It is Sunday. Church has just ended in some places because it lasts a bit longer over Mm -hmm. on this side. I don't think a lot of people know that you're a man of faith, right? Yeah. 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 So I I mean, realistically, I'm in church twice a week. Yeah. Um, I fast relatively often i'm in prayer at the very least three times a day like mm-hmm. god saved my life I, you know if it was up to me i would have thrown my life and possibly other people's uh away a long time ago mm-hmm. but um it, it's only by god that i'm here you're talking to a man that had dropped out of high school mm-hmm. i have a general education diploma a good enough diploma if you spelled out the acronym good ged yeah, right and i also yeah. have a uh, a bachelor right of science bachelor's of science and a juris doctorate i i am a trained lawyer so and that's only 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 through the grace of god you know and um this is god's work god is on the side of justice god is on the side of the oppressed when jesus came you know he didn't go and hang out with the rich folks and have an extravagant life he was with the poor the downtrodden the sick yeah yeah i can dig that i think it is about but I, and i think those stories and the emergence of new leaders and i think you know it always happens it's a bit cyclical luckily for all of us new people are born and rise up you know generation by generation but I think um, as we see sort of the infrastructure of large congregations going away in neighborhoods like Harlem and the Bronx and everywhere else, uh, and, you know, Baltimore, New Orleans and Detroit and Philly and you name it, um, I, think about, I think about the idea of inclusion. I think the, about the idea of trying to get more people back at that big table. Mm-hmm. And I am, I think the main reason I'm involved in politics these days is because I realized that, you know, business culture wasn't enough. In fact, it was stifling and we needed to find a way to get people back to the big table of culture to understand whatever older people knew. 
mm-hmm. synthesize that and add our yeah. piece to it. Right. And um, so... I've had, yeah. you know, I've had older people kind of guide my life and just give me insights, whether it yeah. was long-term or short-term. Um, Malik Rahim, he was the founder of the Black Panther Party mm. in uh, New Orleans. Mm. He actually um, was in a shootout with the police when they came to evict them, and he beat the case because the police, you know, the police were committing acts of genocide against the Black Panthers. Sure. Uh, Probably Bruce, a bunch of Fourth Amendment violations there. Absolutely. And seizure. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, as well as um, Bruce Richards, I marched from New York to Washington, D.C. with him. He was a uh, Black Panther, did a, out in Oakland. He did a lot of time in prison, came out, worked for the unions. He's working around health care right now. Mm. These are people who gave me jewels. There's also, you know, like Bob Spira, mm. who was an investment banker, a little old Jewish man, right, mm. who just taught me about the business world. And sitting with him at these million-dollar tables, I realized that I wanted no part of corporate America. Mm. You know, so I've had people who, who poured into me. Bertha Lewis at the Black Institute. Mm. You know, I've had people who, who really legitimately poured into me. Religious leaders like um, Adolphus Lacey out at oh, uh, yeah. Bethany Baptist in Brooklyn. I, 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 my parents, my parents were revolutionaries. They mm. met at a civil rights rally, mm. you know? So, um... That's I a just, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah right on. <laughs> right on. But now is yeah. the time for, for, you know, new leadership. And I'm not saying that I'm that, that, I'm that leader, but what I tell you is I'm here developing leaders, young yeah. people, millennials, whoever, you know, folks come in. We're trying to give them the tools so they could go out. Any person in my core group yeah. could go anywhere in the country right now and spark a movement. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. You know, that's dope. No, I think, <clears throat> yeah, again, at those tables, uh, the sort of the rigor of leadership happening back and forth where people are discussing well you know what what is the best solution to the problem mm-hmm. or what should we be doing right now is it more diplomatic is it more activist is it throwing a bottle somewhere i, I think, don't know you I, know, th- I think you um, find the best one because it's rigorous i, I remember uh uh we were marching for stefan clark about a year ago are we good we were, yep. we were marching for stefan clark yeah. and uh a police officer punched me in my face mm-hmm. they threw me down ripped my shoulder out the socket and somebody threw a bottle, and I was like, good, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they beating the crap out of me, and I can't do anything about it. It's one cop with his knee on my head. There's a picture of it. Mm. So um, I, I think there's a, a time for it. So we had that rally with the Donald Trump supporters. It was eight of us yeah. and like 2,000 Trump supporters, and we went there to say black people are not here for it. We don't stand for what you stand for. And they invited us on stage. Yeah. And when we went on stage... The hood was mad. No, nah, the hood could have been mad. They, but the, the, it was, it's funny. It. It's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Activists was mad. Yeah. But the hood, the yeah. real people in the streets, they yeah. don't go to these meetings and they yeah. don't rub elbows with these clown politicians. Yeah. Those people, hood. you know what I mean? Right. These, those people came to me and was like, this is the way to do it. Why? I went up there and like a person who was trained in business communications mm-hmm. and the law, I explained to them why they were wrong. Judging by the Constitution and the Bible, here's how you're wrong. And I didn't scream and curse at them and I didn't fight them. But if you really want to check my pedigree, mm-hmm. I was on the front lines in Charlottesville, mm-hmm. right, fighting hand-to-hand with the KKK. Mm-hmm. Bats, sticks, rocks, you name it. They had guns and pepper spray. We were out there going hand-to-hand with people who were armed with weapons. Mm-hmm. Where was all these black people to criticize me? I didn't see no NAACP. I didn't see no Urban League. I didn't see any other Black Lives Matter groups. I didn't see none of these people who run around making noise, raising all kinds of, hey, we had shut the white people down. I didn't see None of them out there. I will say there are a lot of Black Lives Matter leaders that have emerged. And I'm like, what? I mean, the different cities. So to their credit, it ain't my city. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm not right there next to them. But I know people in those cities. And I'm just like, where are all these, like, leaders coming from? Mm-hmm. Not only where are they at, like, where were they oh, at you mean in Charlottesville, but, like, up. what did they really do? It's like, <laughs> I met somebody who's in local politics the other day, like, this new kid who wants to run for, like, a state senate seat. He's like, oh, I was in tech. And somebody, he was like, I was a tech entrepreneur. I'm doing this. I feel like we can relate. You were in tech. And he was telling me, and I was like, all right, so when you say you did a thing, 
you have to be able to point to that thing and it's it's over there. Or even mm. if it's defunct now, like yeah. there's a mound of rubble, you're like, that used to be my rubble. I was like, what what was the thing yeah. that you did? Well, and when I see these yeah. activists, I'm like, where was the, like, which place were you? <laughs> like when we would sleep at Occupy, like where were you? Were you by, which tree yeah. did you, you know be on? You know funny? This one brother anyway, was yeah. like, I was down with Black Lives Matter before there was a Black Lives Matter. I was like, like wow. <laughs> what was funny to me so was, was right. me and my father founded an organization called the Bronx Sharks. Mm, we mm. sent over a hundred kids away to school on scholarship. I had one kid that went to jail for shooting up a party. When he was 14, he came out 16, 17. We had him in a prep school in Ohio because he had athletic scholar because he had athletic abilities. We're rich white kids. Yeah. Nobody knew the dirt that this kid had done in the past. But these are the kids we helped get scholarships. Right. So we've been working. We've been doing this for a very, very, very long time and, and just been present for our people. I, you know, realistically, uh, uh, with our degrees and things that we have we could go places and make six figures easy no right? totally but right. it's all about helping our people yeah. it's about black liberation i love all people but i'm here to liberate black people well i think i have to I have to go of that and usually at least when i'm explaining black lives matter to folks like everyone matters i'm like sure but at the point where we can recognize that we matter mm. then you all get to say per community that you all matter i do like the quote and We'll need to move into the, the next show on this. I do like to quote that individuals are at their best when they identify with a community, and that communities are at their best when they identify all of their individuals, and that means all of us black folks. And so the community is not robust mm -hmm. unless they see us. That's it. And I think that's all of us. I don't care where people were born. I'm like, if you, if you brown, if you got a freckle, mm -hmm. then I'm going to put you in that category because at some point you might run up somewhere where someone will say, you ain't black enough. And Man. so you need to you need to be with us. You yeah. need to go after this fight. And you're absolutely right. With everyone, like all of us, are overly degreed. Mm. We could totally peace out yeah. and go, you know, find our peace in the burb. But um, the real work is justice. The real payback Amen. is justice. And if it Amen. doesn't exist per our community, Amen. then we don't get to eat. The table isn't robust. There's no real food at it. That's it. And, uh, and we all get too skinny and die. On that note, <laughs> I need to eat something. Um... Thank you for coming out. Is there anything? Can you remind us that date again for the for the May thirteenth for Eric Garner, and that's um, One Police Plaza. May eleventh, we're having a block party with clean food. We'll also have some cotton candy and and clowns and bouncy houses. That's on a hundred. That's at Melrose Projects in the Bronx, right near Yankee Stadium. Melrose Houses, NYCHA, May eleventh. You could come out, bring your kids out. We're doing something for Andrew Kears. I love all y'all. We just got to find a way to liberate ourselves within ourselves. I'm tired of relying on people to get it done for us. Let's do it. That's what's up. All right. We are. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, ghetto children singing. See, they eager to learn how to become the next world leaders. Brave hearts. Huh. Revolutionary warfare is all fair, loving war for the cause. I gotta take you off here. Revolutionary warfare is all fair, loving war for the cause. I gotta take you off here. Book one, strategy, tactics, techniques. Look dumb, but masterfully notice the weakness and all them. Gotta use it only if necessary. Homie, vessels is very real if enemies carrying heavy steel. Beware the thugs who ain't scared of blood or jail time. When area nations ain't having integration, we so blind. The beauty of life was when my mom said, if you could be Christ, I wasn't old enough to hold my and be right. Jesus, what is he like? I picture him standing with diamonds on him, little different from the way my mommy saw him. Practice your aiming, physical training, and difficult terraining. Test your endurance, try to keep your stamina back. Splitting duchess up, strap up The armies of school, teaching smart ways to go. I'm thinking Gandhi was a fool, the chronic's a fool Got me thinking out loud Sleep on my drunkenness, I blow your brains out Revolutionary warfare is all fair Loving war for the cause, I gotta take you off here Revolutionary warfare is all fair Loving war for the cause, I gotta take you off here my revolution is as real as Bobby Seals I build With dudes and cribs work a quarter mill in Dick's Hills For fish gills to cop the time come I mask up and get my comrade off the bus